0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today.
1: Tonight, we dine in Valhalla with the brothers of our kin and blood of enemies bathing and, and things. Assassin's Creed Valhalla got announced. Anyway,
2: this week, Matt, what are we doing? This is the Gamers 2 Podcast for the week of May 1st, 2020. It's gonna be May. We're already there. That works. Yeah, it's May. April showers brings May flowers. Maybe. I put down so much grass seed, man. If I don't get some grass soon, I'm gonna be pissed. (laughs)
1: Pissed. I was debating doing doing lawn (laughs) things. But my lawn things, I need to cut down like three trees. So I got to get the chainsaw working. Got to get that chainsaw working. Yeah. <clears throat> got to gonna... clean that carb. Uh, it, I'm not looking forward to it, but I got to do it. Uh, anyway, so that is this podcast. And normally we would continue to wax poetic about our. Uh, yeah, we got lives. a good amount to talk to, talk about, talk to, we, and talk about. We have a lot to talk to, a lot to talk about. We got to get you guys the news of the new games. That are coming out. That's not when I wanted to segue that. I mean the free games. If you have certain subscriptions. They're going to roll over beginning this month now. So hey more free things for you to play. While you're sitting at home doing your civic duty.
2: Duty. Duty. Do the duty. You know what else you could do while you're doing the duty? Play new games. A lot of new games. A lot of new games. What games would you recommend playing while you do the duty? Starting... With number one, Gears Tactics
1: came out for the Xbox and PC. Moving Out came out for Xbox and Switch. Moving Out, fun game about moving out. (laughs) Who'd have thought? Yeah, who'd have thought? Uh, Number three, Synaptic Drive for the Switch. Number four, SnowRunner for the Xbox. There's also a SnowRunner premium version. That's all I'm saying. Telling Lies came out for the Switch. Shred Two for the Xbox. Telling Lies is the FMV game. I don't know if you remember that. It's full motion video. Okay. A bubble for the Switch. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two campaign remastered for the Xbox. I don't know why they keep remastering these things because people pay for them.
2: That's a fair point.
1: Streets of Rage Four for the Switch. War Torn Dreams on the Switch and Gun Crazy. On the Switch. Go gun crazy. I don't know if you remember that commercial. It's a can crazy. I think it's a soup commercial by Campbell's, maybe. And the song was Go Can Crazy, and it was sung by a bunch of kids. So just switch can and gun, and it becomes a whole new...
2: You might be onto something there. You could make a, look at a YouTube video of that.
1: I probably could. I would also probably get immediately taken down, because I don't work for Saturday Night Live, where they could get away with it.
2: <laughs> That's true. Well, maybe you should submit the idea to snl let them steal it and make money off of it i'm just gonna stop where i did all right okay cool let the chips fall
1: where they may if it you know goes on you heard it here first if it already exists
2: my bad what are you feeling this week evens or odds oh boy um let me just take a quick
1: glance I'm feeling odds. I'm feeling odds.
2: He has made his choice. <laughs> <laughs> he has made his
1: choice. All right, number one. Sony has updated the release dates for The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. The Last of Us Part Two will be out on June 19th, while Ghost of Tsushima has a small delay from June 26th to July 17th. Most likely to move it away from The Last of Us. I would say entirely, probably, to move it away from The Last of Us. Because I wouldn't want to be near it.
2: Yeah. You don't want your games competing against each other. That's unless, no bueno. Unless you're EA. Unless you're EA. And you ship Titanfall 2 out
1: right before Battlefield that's, and that's right a different after Call you know, of Duty.
2: Different situation. You're trying to tank the, the you know their
1: value. That's true. You're trying to be able to buy Respawn. So that makes sense. To then create... As far as I'm concerned, it, eh, Star Wars game,
2: yeah, and a, a passable Star Wars game. I mean, it's better than passable, but it's it wasn't the best thing. It wasn't worth the effort.
1: Yeah, and Apex Legends.
2: As far as Titanfall goes, anyways, uh, we also have a PSA of sorts related to The Last of Us Part Two. Major spoilers for the game have appeared online, including videos of gameplay, cutscenes, and developer menus. It was originally rumored to be the result of a disgruntled Naughty Dog employee, but Sony has since stated that they have identified the party responsible and it wasn't anyone affiliated with Sony or Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog Naughty Dog did acknowledge the leaks through a tweet. Part of the message said, quote, do your best to avoid spoilers, and we ask that you don't spoil it for others. The Last Fuss Part Two will be in your hands soon. No matter what you see or hear, the final experience will be worth it. End quote. I mean,
1: what else are you going to say if you're them?
2: That's a fair point. Um,
1: Obviously, you're going to say no matter what you hear, the final experience is going to be worth it. You're not going to be like, well, by the way, if you listen to the, if you see the spoilers, don't bother playing the game. Yeah, like what? No.
2: I appreciate Sony nipping the rumors uh quickly about her being a disgruntled employee. Not letting it Relative, that... relatively quickly. Yeah, took I'm... a couple of days. Yeah, which I'm assuming is how long it took them to to probably actually find out, figure out. But it was uh
1: I don't know them. You don't know them. Yeah, I'm avoiding the spoilers. I'm avoiding whatever I can, but at the same time it's just like I can probably guess some of them anyway because it's stuff that we've already speculated based on E3 trailers and everything else. So, yeah, whatever.
2: It is what it is. We'll know soon enough. Yeah, literally a uh, month and a half. So there's your replacement for E3.
1: Last of Us 2.
2: Yeah. then right into Ghosts of Tsushima. Yeah. I'm down. I'm down with that. It's going to be a fun time. Ghost will be interesting, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, clearly, I'm excited for especially
1: coming right off of you know it'll it'll be a
2: weird pivot, I think, for people if they're playing both, for sure. And um, interesting in the way that they, you know, when they release side by side like that of similar, you know, AAA status, naturally they're probably going to be compared to each other. So of course they will, but they're two entirely different games, totally
1: different. As the cookie crumbles, they will be compared. Number three, Microsoft has pulled back the iron curtain on some of their sales numbers that we've never seen before. Before we get to the numbers, we should add in the caveat that most likely these numbers are inflated from what Microsoft usually sees due to stay-at-home orders from the pandemic. Anyway... During their Q3 2020 earnings report, Microsoft announced they have nearly 90 million Xbox Live users, 10 million Xbox Game Pass subscribers, and hundreds of thousands of active users previewing Project xCloud across seven countries.
2: Those are some big numbers, Nate. Those are large numbers, Matt. And after
1: about 10, I can't count that high. So (laughs) it is impressive.
2: I mean, this is... uh... Throwing a a dart at a wall or something like that, but do you feel that those are those numbers surprise you, not surprise you, higher than you thought, lower than you thought, have no frame of reference? I, I think they both surprise me. Uh, I don't care about the X Cloud
1: numbers. I think X Cloud numbers are a good talking point for them, of like, hey, we got people doing it, but. The, the number is not totally surprising. It's not where I would be like, holy shit, already. I think it, it's a good number for their testing. They need to cross like 2 million to really push what I think they're trying to get done. Like, mm-hmm. once they are over 2 million of things working fine, then I think they're kind of going to be okay to handle like spikes and influxes. Uh, 90 million Xbox Live users. What does that quantify? What qualifies you as an Xbox Live user? Because you know how with... At least with PlayStation and I know Xbox to an extent. You can have Xbox and still be online but not have... Like not be able to be online type of thing.
2: That's a good uh, point. Um, So, they just mean people that have Xbox Live accounts? I would assume... I mean I would kind of assume that because if you if you had 90 million subscribers to Xbox Live I feel like that you would, you would say, say that. subscribers yeah. So you have 90 million Xbox
1: account Xbox Live accounts is how I I is how I read that I might be wrong but that's how I read that mm-hmm. And that's still a lot That's nothing to you know throw away But the more impressive number is 10 million Game Pass subscribers. I would have I would have guessed half that. If you had asked me like straight up right now, I would have guessed 5.
2: So that was the only number that I saw compared to another company's no. number, which was last year EA Origin said they had 5 million subscribers, which I doubt they still do. I also doubt that because last year nothing, is a totally different yeah, a
1: totally different last situation. year situation. Last year we were dropping a bunch of stuff and this year they haven't hit their moment to they'll they'll tout those numbers again come September probably or October when they drop FIFA and Madden and everything else. When everything hits their new cycle, I bet they get an influx of members. But their time now I would be interested to see.
2: Because there's nothing Really, like Apex is free. You don't have to pay. So I think what's interesting about that game pass number is it has the potential and Microsoft's position themselves in such a way to where they could make that number a lot bigger strictly by the fact that they are going, starting to, you know, go full steam ahead with PC, Xbox game pass. They're starting to go full steam ahead with
1: it. It is the perfect time in terms of what the current world state is for a gaming subscription service like that. And it's not expensive. No, and I, I mean... You can get three dollar three months for a dollar. It's a really good in deal. In certain, like, whatever. I think it might be a one-time thing or whatever, but I've got three months of it for a dollar when I was doing it. And even then, say you pay for a month. Not even the ultimate one. The ultimate one's 15 a month. You don't have to pay that. You can pay for the lower amount and still get a, a ton of access to games and have things to play. Like, mm-hmm. It's one of the best scratch. It is the best currently gaming subscription service. Yeah, I think that's period. That's fair. I think there's a I don't think there's anybody that could argue with me that I'm wrong. Without, you know, cheating like well, I have a press account on Steam, so I have access to every game. That's not a you know thing, anyway. It, well, it's a thing, but it's not a game subscription service. And, a, and across two things, like you yeah. said, across PC and console.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they could stand to gain that, a lot of subscribers. That number on PC. could double. Oh yeah, easily. I think it could easily double. Yeah. And with if with they, the
1: more that they keep bringing to PC, not their titles alone are one thing because they're going to be bringing all those anyway. But the amount that they can also just bring with it with their
2: mm-hmm. power number could easily double. There's no, especially if you consider if you look at it by the numbers game, like as far as money spent. There's if you want if you're a PC gamer and you want an Xbox first party game. You literally have no reason to buy it. You're better off subscribing, right? What and we just do, doing that, what
1: we do with Forza every time, yeah? Hey, cool, new Forza Horizons out, boom! All right, let's pay for two months. At most, it'll cost us 30 bucks. And if you're paying for the high tier, you're probably getting the a higher version of Forza anyway, with more DLC and stuff. 30 bucks and you're done and you had Forza and oh, heaven forbid you saw another game during that time you wanted to play because you probably didn't, you didn't play Forza for two full months. You did to yeah. play things in between. So it's, like, it's, and it's not a, technically it's not a streaming service. So I think I keep saying that wrong. Gaming subscription service. Mm-hmm. it It's great.
2: Speaking of Microsoft, a tweet from the official Xbox account announced that Microsoft will offer a first glimpse at game first glimpse at gameplay on the next gen Xbox Series X console during its May 7th Inside Xbox showcase. Uh, Xbox Games Marketing General Manager Aaron Greenberg added in a separate tweet that internal Xbox game studios had planned for this summer indicate that doesn't sound right. Tweet that internal Xbox Game Studios had plans for this summer, indicating that this showcase will likely be focused on third-party developers. Good old ID at Xbox
1: or some indie thing, potentially. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily ID, because that's usually more more geared towards the indies, but yeah, like you said. It'll be interesting, especially with what we'll talk about in in a
2: couple. In a couple. In a couple. Yeah. I knew it's coming up, but... Yeah, I I constantly I don't have as far as our podcast structure goes. Oh boy, that's I yeah, don't discuss have our structure. a set order of things, but I generally just order things in a way that they natu- it naturally creates itself. Right. In this week, we go through the main <laughs> console, we go through our Sony, our Microsoft, our Nintendo news, and then we're like, oh, third party stuff like. That seems to be the structure that it takes. I'm going to ask if you want to skip the next story after I read mine, but we'll,
1: we'll see. Going into number five. Nintendo will reportedly not hold a Nintendo Direct in June this year during the month that it normally might have one as a presentation for E3. As reported by Gamesby and corroborated by Video Games Chronicle, the postponement of the company's regular June presentation, which it has held every year since it transitioned from E3 live shows in 2013, is due to complications related to COVID-19 necessitating remote working at the company. There were way too many commas in that sentence, and holy shit, was it a run-on. The Direct, originally planned for June, was reportedly intended to be themed around Mario, and would have included the reveal of the rumored Super Mario remasters on the Nintendo Switch. Even with the, uh, with the, not sanctions, but with the conditions of things being happening, it is interesting to see Nintendo who has done directs forever not be able to do one. Yeah. Even with all the situation. It's like... I either would have thought that it already had been filmed or it could have still been remotely done, but I'm not like, oh no! What are we going to do? If they still want to release anything, they'll still just make the press release about it. Whether it's a blog post or some type of thing or Doug Bowser just tweeting out something and being like hey it's here woo but it it is interesting for what I thought was the company most likely to still be able to do that say they aren't so E3 being
2: put, I would assume I'm not surprised by this because out of all of the video game companies Nintendo seems the most likely to me to just be like to just say fuck it like if if there's any complication at all, I feel like they have no qualms about not doing something, because they have such like a carefree, you know, they're they're you know they do everything in a very carefree they, fashion, and they have such a loyal fan base. And in theory, as, they don't need it.
1: Yeah, they don't because whenever they do announce it, everybody will still just be all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Did you want to skip? I'm wondering if you want to.
2: I don't care, man. mean, that,
1: that could be a hell of a conversation. And I don't know if we have much to say about the other ones. Uh, We'll skip it. Okay. So just so everybody's curious, if you really want to just skip past everything else we're saying, I'm skipping the Valhalla conversation for later because we'll be here for too long while I complain.
2: So Yeah. The rest of the stuff will be quick. Yeah. We'll move. <laughs> Jeff Keighley has unveiled the Summer Game Fest, a four-month-long, quote, all-digital consumer celebration, end quote, ...of video games featuring breaking news, in-game events, and free playable content. At present, 2K, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda, Blizzard, Bungie, CD Projekt Red, Digital Extremes, EA, Microsoft, Sony, Square Enix, Private Division, Riot Games, Steam, and Warner Bros. are confirmed to be involved. And the official announcement says additional publishers will be revealed in the coming weeks. Uh, Programming, including publisher-specific events, will be streamed via Facebook, Mixer, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, with details set to be shared by individual publishers at a later date. Additionally, playable demos and game trials will be available for a limited time on PC, Xbox, and, quote, other platforms. And some of these will appear as part of Valve's previously announced Steam Game Festival Summer Edition, which runs from the 9th to the 14th of June. Interesting. Getting a lot of those. It's it's interesting that it's this
1: month-long, or sorry, multiple-month-long event. And when you flash back to last month or the month before when Keeley comes out and says, I'm not doing E3 this year, it there's timing things in my head that start going off. Was he not doing E3 all along? Was his, like, I'm not doing E3 because of this COVID-19 thing, and then whether or not they want to try to figure something out, I just won't do it, and I'm going to try to do something
2: different? Or I can answer that question. Um, According to an interview or so, an interview that I read earlier, it was not planned. It was like he's not doing E3, had no plans, thought he was going to be on a very long break. And then people just started contacting him. Publishers were talking to him. Being the, please do something. And then he was like, all right, let's just throw something together. So. I mean, good.
1: Hopefully it'll, you know, give people what they want of some sort. I I don't know if I like the few month long thing.
2: I don't. I Um, I get
1: why they're doing it because it, it makes sense of, especially if they're doing these demos and stuff like that. Of like, oh, hey, you know. We're promoting this this week and blah, blah, blah. But I still like the let's just punch you in the teeth. Even if it was a single month, I'd probably feel better about it where you could be like, all right, this week, let's talk Activision. Or like this week, let's talk Microsoft type of thing, which they could still do because there was a lot of people that are tagged up for this. But at a certain point, like at the end of the second month, we'll still be talking about it on here, but I will have stopped paying attention.
2: Yeah, Um, I think one of my issues with it, which we're going to we're actually going to cover another one of these events in the next news article is we're getting to the point where where there's a lot of these events. So, yeah, it's just a lot.
1: Number eight, GameSpot has announced that it will hold a digital E3 alternative event this summer in partnership with major publishers to raise money for the COVID-19 charity Direct Relief. Play for All will begin in early June and take place across several weeks of live-streamed programming on GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and Metacritic channels. GameSpot has already secured partnerships with 2K Games, CD Projekt Red, Deep Silver, Amazon Games, Bethesda, Devolver Digital, Google Stadia, Larian, Larian Studios, Mythical Games, Bandai Namco, Perfect World Entertainment, Sega, and Square Enix. Gaming personalities such as Kind of Funny's Greg Miller and No Clips Danny O'Dwyer will participate while viewers will be encouraged to donate to Direct Relief through GameSpot's team page. How many of these are we going to get? Yeah, who's, ne- who's next?
2: I'm curious if we're going to get to a situation where all of these events are rehashing the same content over and over again. Right. So Jeff Keighley
1: does a Bandai Namco thing. Then two weeks later, Bandai Namco
2: is featured in the GameStop one, and we're all like, "We've already seen this." Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Like, I I would almost be happier if they trickle fed everything across all the events than if they just rehashed the same content over and over again. Or even like, if they didn't trickle feed it, but the the teams themselves, like, say it is
1: Band—I don't know why I'm focusing on Bandai Namco—but say it's Bandai Namco, they go, "Okay, we're gonna give you guys the information." This week. We gave it to both of you.
2: Whatever you do with it, you do with it. Yeah. But we're both putting it out there at the same time. Mm-hmm. Certain games will, won't have a problem with releasing a ton of content like that. Like Cyberpunk, for example, could... Well, anything... in
1: For those, I mean, like anything that's in the, the to-becoming category. Where they could all just drop a trailer or a vertical slice all at the same time. Yeah. Or game updates. But anything that's doing like a demo, yeah, then you're running into like weird scenarios for sure or things that are yeah already out and i'm trying to drop news during that it could get weird yeah like I bungie would be fine with dropping an in-game event or something because they've just done it forever now but there's it'll be interesting yeah
2: it'll be interesting to see how it plays out when you get confused come listen to us and we'll confuse you more <laughs> 2K has announced an arcade-style WWE game called WWE 2K Battlegrounds. A battle royale? The game is a brawler by World War Z and NBA 2K Playgrounds developer Saber Interactive, and it's out autumn 2020. It features stylized depictions of famous wrestlers with outlandish moves and environments. Uh, 2K had also addressed concerns about the future of its Sim series. In an open letter to fans, 2K outlined the actions they're taking to ensure a quality game next year. Of one of those being a new executive producer named Patrick Gilmore, who comes from Amazon Games. The letter is pretty long. If you actually are interested in WWE games, go read it, I guess. I'm not. I don't think Nate is, so... It's not. I, I enjoy the joke, but I don't take them seriously, so I'm not concerned. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't know if I like the name Battlegrounds. I don't know, dude, because uh, I, I don't think I think there's other. There's probably decent WWE names like for types of matches. That they could have
2: used. Wasn't there like WWE All-Stars? Was that one of them? All-Stars
1: was the old uh, arcade style one. Yeah. Where you could be old uh, wrestlers. I was constantly Ultimate Warrior because I wanted the entrance. Sprint to the ring. Shake the rope. If I was from parts unknown. Uh, But the whole... (laughs) Hey, what? (laughs) The, uh, The whole appeal... Of the Sim one is because you can do the current storyline and you go through that type of thing. The arcade ones are still a lot of fun, but I, so, something about Battlegrounds, I just wish it was like Royal Rumble or some something. That name has been uh, sullied. It's It is sullied where, I don't know, just give it a better WWE 2K Bedlam, 2K... Shitstorm, I don't know, just give it something better. Not, I don't know if Shitstorm's better, but you know what I mean. Number 10, Gearbox is working on a TV series based on tactical shooter series Brothers in Arms. The first season is planned to be inspired by real events occurring during World War II, focusing on eight men rescuing their colonel after a rehearsal mission for D-Day goes awry.
2: Okay? Yeah, I don't know. Why is Gearbox working on that? Gearbox is like trying to do the Ubisoft thing.
1: Ubisoft isn't doing the Ubisoft
2: thing. That's that's why this is in here, okay? (laughs) This is in here mainly to prove a point that isn't proven yet, but I think will be proven, which is stay in your lane. Ooh, interesting, interesting
1: point. Because we've only said that for three years. All these, and I screamed about it last week, or two weeks ago, during the TV thing.
2: I didn't go into the specifics, but the producers and stuff are part of the game, Pete. It's the game side. Like, the people being the producers are also, like, the people who work on the games. Okay. Like, the, you know, what's his name there? Randy. Randy um, Pitchford? Yep. Pickford. And I'm just, I threw it on here, you know, just to keep an eye on it. Oh, we'll keep an eye on Do you want to play the game of which one comes out first?
1: I don't know if anyone would ever win. There might never be a winner. Somebody can get the... It could be a death pool.
2: (laughs) Which one gets officially canceled first? Last man standing. Yeah. Top tennis players, including Serena and Venus Williams, Mara Sharapova. Oh, come on. Maria Sharapova? Yes. I know, I fucked that up. Mara. And Naomi Osaka will compete in a live-streamed Mario Tennis Aces doubles tournament this weekend. The players will be paired with other celebrities and athletes, including Carly Kloss, Steve Aoki, and is it Gigi or Gigi? I believe it's Steve Aoki and Gigi Hadid. I said Steve Aoki. Okay. Say it again, Gigi? Gigi. Hadid. Gigi Hadid? Yeah. One of those people and I a, sorry
1: when I when I do the Aoki I I emphasize the a oh, okay that's me I don't know if I'm right or wrong
2: uh whatever it doesn't matter uh in a tournament that's meant to offer a fun alternative to the pro sports that have gone missing due to the pandemic the tournament is being called the stay at home slam and it'll stream on Facebook gaming should have been considered a grand slam or a son a
1: lumberjack slam oh and uh, or any other Denny's
2: reference <laughs> McEnroy and I, Justine, our commentary. McEnroe? John McEnroe? Yeah, McEnroe. I hope he goes crazy. He hasn't
1: in a long time, but Crazy John McEnroe is some quality time. It's an
2: interesting combination of people. It Com- makes
1: sense for putting a, a tennis pro on and then also giving them I, Justine, of somebody that knows the game side. Yeah. So they get to have the serious fun with it. And it. I think it's... What does it say about tennis video games that they're choosing to play Super Mario Aces and not... Is there a tennis video game they could play? <laughs> yes, but it's not EA. It's similar to, you know, how there's that uh, golf one, that golf world tour, the PGA, like, world tour golf or whatever, oh. but that's not ea doesn't have the license it's like a license for the pg there is a tennis something i've called out tennis once on this podcast and i don't i don't know if it's called a tennis simulator or something i wish they would play in a really intense pong tournament against each other i think that would be interesting but yeah I don't that know. could be cool i might i might catch the clips of it after but i, I don't think i'm gonna tune in i would i would jokingly say like which character do we think all these people are gonna pick and i I have no idea because I don't remember the characters that are in the game. I just hope somebody's Waluigi. I don't even remember if you can play it as him. Number 12, there's a Wolfenstein board game on the way. A tabletop adaptation of the video game franchise was being crowdfunded on Kickstarter and has blown through its goal. It had an original target of $40,000, but has finished with around $480,000, hitting 36 stretch goals.
2: Okay. Yeah, cool. Board I'm, games. I'm intrigued. Wolfenstein. I
1: never I haven't looked at Kickstarter in a very long time. Uh I'm intrigued to see like what their gameplay loop is.
2: One of the stretch goals was like, m- some sort of multiplayer which it's a board game. I don't get it.
1: But I mean the same way Wolfenstein this last one yeah. Everybody's like, Wolfenstein's a single player game. They're like, what if we put you two in mech suits and you ran around and bashed boards? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I would assume it would be similar to that type of thing where you are playing two characters going through a level to you know do what you need to and stop Nazis. Murder them viciously.
2: Alrighty. Um let's not finish things off by talking about WoW and MMOs. Hey how did we get to the two <laughs> things Nate likes to talk about, MMOs and WoW, and then also when he hates on Valhalla? Blizzard's co-founder, Mike Morhaim, who's no longer working for the company, just to throw that out there. Jay Allen Brack. Had an interview with the New York Times, and naturally he said some interesting things. Uh, I pulled a couple quotes from the interview uh, to discuss. The first being, do you want to, I'll, I'll just do them both and then we can talk about it. Uh, Do them one at a time. Yes, sir. About MMOs. Because I'll forget the first one by the time you read the second one. (laughs) They're kind of related, I think. Um, About MMOs' declining popularity. Quote, I think that's probably a question of accessibility and time investment. I wouldn't say that MMOs wouldn't have a resurgence in the future, but maybe there are other types of games that are able to capture the social experience even more. End quote. So he's right. I know what he means. And he's not stupid. No. So MMOs. I thought like Just ago, the stay on the interview part of it, like that quote and some of his other responses, I, w- what, I thought they were more thoughtful than the, the answers you normally get. Because nor- And it might be because he's removed from it now. But yeah. you normally, you, you'd get these, you know, the. You'd get a PR speak. The PR speak. And this was these were like thoughtful answers that weren't. You know, two in the weeds,
1: yeah and and Mike and uh chris that i I showed you of of thrall would be very point blank with what they would want to tell you, like you're gonna ask him a question, they're probably gonna pretty much just give you the answer, like they're not gonna beat around the bush it's not their it's not their style, it's not their place, yeah, um but he'll give you a strict answer without specifically like telling what he thinks, like those are the causes of this. But also he's he's right in saying that there's other games that still do Destiny's a great example. It's not an MMO, but it's an MMO. Like it it is a massive. It's just not the your core defined MMO. Yeah. There's a lot of things that make it not that defined MMO, but there's a lot of a lot of MMO aspects inside of something like Destiny. So when you get to and everybody took off on the multiplayer train and stuff like that. The accessibility thing I think is, is an interesting angle and I don't know a ton what he means, but I assume, I don't want to assume what Mike means, but if I, if I'm to read into that answer, it's the MMOs on console versus PC where there's more MMOs on, on PC and that's where they, I think perform better, but there are options on console I just think that if you're on a console, you're not on a console for an MMO. You're on a console for other things, mm-hmm. whatever whatever that other thing may
2: be—action, adventure, shooters, stuff like that. I mean, I think it, I, I like the I like his explanation about accessibility and time management a lot because, for and, me personally, and time management time management is a big
1: part
0: of it.
2: Yeah, for me personally, I love the idea of an MMO and I love the concept of playing an MMO, but I don't have... It's not that I don't want to devote time to it. It's I can't devote enough time to it to play on the same level as most of the people who are playing the game, whatever the MMO may be. It could be any MMO. It doesn't really matter which one it is. Um, and the accessibility part of it too is like you know, they use the example in the interview about it's difficult to get eight people together to raid. And we're going to, we'll probably touch on that in the next quote as well. But like no one's really figured that out yet to where you can get that MMO experience, but also avoid that, that social issue other than doing your, your traditional group find stuff. Yeah. It's the social aspect of is the hard part of it of, let me just... I'll read the next quote okay. and we'll continue because it's relevant. Um, quote, I would also just observe that as World of Warcraft evolved over the years, it actually kind of became less social because in an effort to achieve more accessibility, we kind of removed some of the reasons why you needed to play with the same group of people over and over. End quote. And when he says that,
1: it's not even just the same group of people over and over. It's a group of people over and over. Things got easier got yeah, much their accessibility options that they added like which I would assume he's discussing in terms of like group finder and raid finder and things being easier to be soloable or killable and stuff like that or killable with a smaller group of people and stuff are, are what he's talking about and I think they're great additions to the game because they do allow you to not have to rel- you can just log into WoW And play WoW and never have to worry about me being on. Like, oh, hey, you're on at the same time? Cool, we can do something. But if I'm not on, you could easily just do the same stuff just by matching with a random group from the other 11 million players there are and still be able to do all those same things. Uh, But the, the true social aspect of it has dwindled. Look, if you go into Classic right now, Classic is a bunch of people... All playing together same times, doing raids as a guild and and stuff like that. And there's a lot more interaction of, hey, do you have this cool blah, 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 blah. Where in retail, it's, I don't need you. I can take care of myself. I'm here to either hang out with you guys or help or, you know, whatever. But you honestly don't need anybody in retail. Yeah. Which I don't think is a bad thing but it speaks exactly to what he's saying. Mhm. And back to his comment in the beginning of a resurgence in the future, I think there's a chance because we always will just kind of run in circles around certain things. But MMO's six, 7 years ago 6 years ago hit hit a breaking point of a bubble and that thing burst. Wildstar, Guild Wars 2, Star Wars, EverQuest, Final Fantasy XIV, Black Desert Online. There's so many MMOs that are... Some of them are still going. Black Desert is mm-hmm. still going. WoW is still going strong. I mean, and Final Fantasy XIV is still going
2: strong. Star Wars is a good example of that transition, I think, because they launched when the bubble was bursting or when they, they were, launched, were coming down. Yeah, they launched like <laughs> And they pivoted real quick. Well, maybe not real quick, but they had to pivot from being a traditional MMO like in the wow sense to being basically you play a single player game with people around you. Yeah. They they pivoted to the more akin to like a retail wow
1: yeah. situation and every everybody that survived, I think kind of all made that pivot. I don't play final fantasy, but knowing a couple of people that do, it sounds like they made that pivot as well, where everything is now uh, for the most part, like obtainable without a core group of people or whatever, mm-hmm. at least to some extent. Yeah. Getting like higher level stuff might still require you to do the social aspect. But then when you're looking for those type of people, you're more likely to actually find them and the people, the same type of like-minded people that are trying to achieve those goals. But the, uh, those, I mean, I don't know what Guild Wars numbers are, but WoW and Final Fantasy are the two biggest MMOs. I think I can say that safely with Black Desert and Star Wars right behind them. And I say right behind them, that gap might be 6 million people, but I'm not positive. But but they're there. Yeah. And it's, it, once again, it's just stupid, stupidly impressive How long WoW has been able to function? Well, not function. How long has it been able to keep going? And everybody jokes when they're, oh, they lost X amount of million subscribers. The moment the new x packs out, they're above that number that they lost. So it's not... It's not a bad thing, and and there could be a resurgence of that. The same way there might be a resurgence of MOBAs someday, but it, I think the I think we won't get a traditional MMO anymore. We will get a I don't know even if I like a new age MMO, which I think Final Fantasy fourteen, Wow, and something like Destiny are all trending towards this potential new model that they're going to push towards. And it'll be interesting to see what that what comes out on the other side of that.
2: Let me hit you with some population.
1: With some assumed population.
2: Uh, this is from mmopopulations.com. Okay. So assumed population. World of Warcraft, number one. That's retail. Do we have numbers or just rankings? Numbers. 2.1 okay. million active. Oh, okay, so it doesn't actually have yeah. Uh I old school pulls, runescape. I wonder how it pulls that. I don't know. Old yeah, school runescape. Old
1: school How do I even forget that? I'm terrible.
2: Final Fantasy
1: 14. Classic.
2: Wild wow, classic.
1: Oh, they counted those as, I like they counted those as two different things. Mm-hmm. When if you're a subscriber for one you're a subscriber for both. Yeah. So that Venn diagram's a little weird, but they said active users,
2: so Destiny 2. They have Destiny 2 on here.
1: Yeah, okay. So that's that's what I mean, where that's like <clears throat> your your new age MMO, where they're like, hey,
2: we're MMO-lite. But don't worry about like the big problems. Black Desert. Yep. Regular RuneScape. Elder Scrolls Online. I almost just spit out my drink because I completely forgot that
1: existed. I'm sorry, Elder Scrolls fans. I forget you exist, and I disrespected you. RuneScape, I'm not worried about. I've disrespected Elder Scrolls.
2: Star Citizen. Shouldn't That's count. not a game. Guild Wars 2. Wow. Elite Dangerous. That's
1: EVE Online. Little... I guess I forget that. Is Elite Dangerous?
2: I've never played Elite Dangerous, so. Kind of. It's like EVE, kind of. I like EVE Online. I mean, EVE is spreadsheet simulator. Uh, Roblox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. That's great.
2: their definition of mmo is really loose uh maple story which i have no idea what that is oh it's asian as hell i have i've tried
1: playing maple story too but my game kept crashing because it's a free mmo on steam i think and i tried playing it because i was just like okay everybody's playing this let's just see what's up and it just kept crashing and i couldn't play so i was like all right well never mind how far down is star wars i was completely wrong that's terrible Star Wars has got to be way down.
2: It was next. It was Star Wars: The Old Republic. Okay. Uh, there's another Star Wars game that's on this list. Galaxies. <laughs> it kind of made a comeback because well, of the yeah, servers. Um, it goes on for a little bit though. I mean, we won't have to keep going. They have World of Tanks on here as an MMO. That that's is PUBG an MMO? I don't know. Um. So if
1: if I trim their list to my definition of MMO. I forgot about RuneScape and Elder Scrolls, and Star Wars is doing worse than I thought. Yeah. Is the, is the narrow down on that.
2: Yep. Um. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the one thing I want to say is that I was kind of hoping that we would get... That when Destiny 2 came out, it would have been more MMO on the MMO side of things. Uh, I always had this idea in my mind of how to fix the issue with partying up like... The raids, instead of being, you know, you're a team of whatever, six, and you're with each other the whole time. You go in as, like, two teams of three, and you do separate things that converge randomly together. Um, I know it would be hard to do stuff like that, but...
1: They they did it in their missions, though. The the first mission! Literally all of Destiny 2, you have those those moments where you're running through your mission, and then you break out into a public area where you're doing all your other stuff, and then you phase back into your mission. So, those things happened, I think... I think what a lot of people are are figuring out, and WoW's done it to an extent, I, I don't know if Final Fantasy does it too, but is scaled content. So say you need to have like a minimum group to do a, a raid or something, or even a strike. Like a strike was three people. Mm-hmm. And three people is just such a weird number. Cause I can always text you and be like, Hey, do you want to play? Boom. Yes. All right, cool. Move on. If we're stopped by that third person of saying, hey, do you want to play? Okay, hey, we need to find somebody else too. Like, I know you can just random people in strike. That's not – strike isn't the exact thing I'm referencing. But the the three – the yeah. odd number playlist uh, where it's like, okay, you can do strikes at three people. Or why not just duo and scale the enemies to the fact that I have only two people instead of three? Yeah. Uh, even if you said like in the raid, say you needed a minimum of four people in a fire team. Like, hey, you need a minimum of four people. But if there's six people, it scales to six people. If there's four people, it scales to four people. If there's ten people in your raid, it scales to ten people being in your raid. Uh, WoW kind of does that where it's like you have ten-man raid, and then it's flex up to 25. So you have ten people, and then you can just rather than like, hey, we're going to grab the 11th person. And what it used to be is you had a ten-man lockout and a 25-man lockout. So if you had ten people with an 11th one sitting around, that guy was screwed Unless you found 14 other people.
2: Yeah, which is not now, realistic.
1: Now it's, hey, I have my 10-man, and I can just grab whatever we need. If there's people on, they can come. Makes sense. The only thing you have to really balance there is you don't want to put too many damage people in without enough healers type of thing. Because obviously, then you just have people dying left and right, and it doesn't really work out. But
4: mm-hmm.
1: it that's group composition. But everything's still scaled based on your numbers. So it's like... The, I think there's... A lot of the fixing there. I just think that, com- <laughs> as much as
2: they don't want to, companies need to scale down to the idea of two people. I think someone will do it there. I think someone's definitely going to do it. It's just a matter of time. It's what killed me about like Apex and stuff. Don't have why? Why is it three people? Yeah, I can always text Kenny
1: or somebody and play a two-person thing. Give me a duo playlist. Nah, maybe like some weekends we will. N- no. But I haven't played Apex in forever, but that was always just like a thing where Call of Duty is the same thing. It's like a three minute, you know, three minimum, I think, except for sometimes they put duos in, blah, blah. I'm like, just give me duos,
2: singles, duos, and quads, and then I don't, I don't. Save your mm. saltiness for the next story. (sighs) I'm going to read through it. Yeah. uh, I'm 100% making you read through it anyway. (laughs) Ubisoft has revealed the next Assassin's Creed game, and to no one's surprise, it's called Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Which I think was the leaked title from before, and everybody was projecting Vikings from all the leak stuff that had come out. So, Ubisoft's website for the game reads Become Ivor, a Viking raider. So here's the thing with the name it was referred to, it was said both ways and during the video, which is the issue. Avor is, and Ivor. Ismail tweeted his correct brunch, Ay vor. Okay, so Avor. Yeah, which is funny because I would have assumed it was pronounced Ivor.
1: I would have too, but he, he wrote it out AY VOR. So I was yeah. like, all right, you said AVOR.
2: I'm going with whatever you say, sir. Become AVOR, a Viking raider raised to be a fearless warrior and lead your clan from icy desolation in Norway to a new home amid the lush farmlands of 9th century England. Find your settlement and conquer this hostile land by any means to earn a place in Valhalla. Ubisoft seems to be doubling down on the RPG elements of the game, of the most recent games. Stop. Uh, go ahead. Find your settlement and conquer this hostile
1: land by any means to earn a place in Valhalla. By any means, except for killing women and children. As evidenced by the trailer where you stop to not murder them. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, by any means, kind
2: of. It's going to be like a... By any means, asterisk. There's like all these weird like civ style, allu- like they're alluding, you know, like oh you're gonna you're gonna make packs and have conversations and be diplomatic and yeah I'm gonna as a Viking I'm gonna run around
1: and declare my friendship with this other nation just so that way in three turns when I launch my cannons at your city it doesn't look so bad.
2: All right, so here's some of the tidbits. Um, they say that every choice you make in combat. And conversation will have consequences. I don't know what that means in the first part. So in conversations, obviously, I understand.
1: We're picking back up on the last two games where conversation choices were a thing. And you could almost see direct effects, sometimes based on what you would pick. It would tell you before you picked it. And then other times, like, yes, you're clearly saying yes or no to certain things. Obviously, that changes the game. I assume combat decisions are good old thumbs up, thumbs down. Where you either let that guy live or you killed him. And those are your things. Not like, hey, I threw my axe randomly and then I picked up a sword and now it's the butterfly effect of until dawn and everything has changed.
2: I'm wondering if uh you like there's more choice with like who you fight when you you know, like I'm gonna fight this person versus I'm going to talk to them and try to come to an understanding. And I would assume because based on the trailer we saw, right, with
1: Big Bad Boy. Yeah. If you haven't watched the trailer, go watch the trailer, then come back to listen to me yell. If you haven't, if you're fighting Big Bad Boy, I assume, once again, not the only one. And if they do the bullshit from Odyssey again, where they're like, hey, can you imagine if that guy you saw in the beginning had 37 lieutenants underneath him and you have to kill every single one individually and you have to hunt them down? But guess what? You might be able to turn them into Vikings and recruit them to you. And I'm like, oh, God, please stop. Stop right now. But that could easily be the... Oh, you get to choose and you know
2: try to end this diplomatically after you've already beaten the hell out of him and he's on the ground.
1: Well, what do you want to do? <laughs>
2: uh, there'll be large-scale battles and also raiding. Um, and they're two totally different things. So they're two totally different things. The... Large-scale
1: battles, I assume, are similar to what you saw in Odyssey, where you could fight
2: on Athens or Sparta's side type of thing, and there was the whole battle, and you had to go... That's what I'm assuming. They mentioned fortresses, and I kind of got the feeling that the large-scale battles were going to be one of those, like, you know, region things where, like, you know, to occupy that region and have a settlement, perhaps, you needed to do a large-scale battle. Yeah, you need to, like, probably build up
1: X amount of resources to then sway the percentage that you have a chance bar to your side then you get the ability to go raid that place and the higher that bar is the easier it is for you to succeed the amount of like captains or lieutenants you have to kill is probably lower and blah 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 the other problem like the raid thing could be there cuz he did say stuff uh in the developer or yeah developer technically i guess director yeah. review of the trailer uh, he was mentioning stuff about raids where it's like, you could raid a fortress and need to get in and loot something and leave. So I could see, <laughs> I don't, I don't like this idea. I could see raids building up to, as your milestones to build up to the large scale battle in that area. You do the raids, weaken the fortresses, then large scale battle to get rid of the remaining people. And then you take over the territory.
2: I don't know. Yeah. Um, dual wielding will be available in combat and basically you'll be able to dual wield any weapon. Uh, he points out that you can do wield to two, two, sh- two shields. I Somebody's can- going to eat him alive for
1: this because when I heard that I went, you're, li- I think you're lying, but that's fine. Uh, I'm betting. Yes, you can dual wield any one handed weapon. I'm
2: betting you can't do wield two two handed weapons. So. I'm curious on this because there was some art, and I don't. It got. I'm assuming it was concept art. So concept art. Yeah. Astrix, uh, and it was basically the customization available, and they had three pictures. The first picture was. Uh, I, oh Eivor. My God, I, I know the art you're talking yep. about. He's dual wielding axes in the first. Dual picture. wielding axes. The second picture, he's got the sword, the clearly broadsword, like two handed sword on his shoulder.
1: Or at least a, a long sword of some yeah. sort. Even if it's potentially not that big. Because I don't. This I know what you're talking about. Because the scaling looked long on it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those. Yeah. And then he had a flail. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a one-handed flail. Because it's not the long one.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So the one-handed flail makes sense. But yeah, the, the broad sword was like a it's, little. It's borderline. And it's concept art. So I'm curious to see how yeah. where the limitations and are. The, if the there are any. The next
1: one was the, what looked, I thought, to be the same sword. With a large shield, yeah, because he was wearing like a bulwark shield almost. Mm-hmm. It, in contrast to the typical Viking round shield, uh, so it it's interesting. At it, as you and I said earlier, you really wanted to have dual wield shields mm-hmm. because you want to run around and just headbutt everybody. Yep, I wanted to watch the video where that happens, but I also want it to be hard
2: and terrible. Well, that's the thing. I think they could allow you to dual wield even weapons that. Like a two-handed weapon, but it's just not be yeah, as like you, effective you or only, as
1: easy. You only get like one swing with it before you have to like muster up the strength to pull it back, versus if you were just wielding it with two hands, you'd be a lot more yeah. precise. That would be interesting. I doubt that'll be the thing that happens. Uh it'd be cool if it was. But the the thing with like the dual wielding two shields is like I want it to be terrible because you should be punished for being stupid, but you should also still be able to do it if you are patient enough. Yeah. But also I'm just keep saying also. I want them to remember you're not Captain Fucking America. So you don't take you don't just have two shields and then huck one off somebody and it bounces back to your arm. Like if you throw your shield, it's gone until you go retrieve it. And now you're a man with one shield in the middle of a battlefield
2: going, mm-hmm. "Do I throw this one too?" At the same time, I could totally see a viking beating a dude to death with a shield. I could see it. So happening it's like because I can see. I don't um, know. It's
1: the. It's mostly the. I want them to be careful with the Captain America idea because everybody's gonna want to do
2: that if they mm-hmm. can do it with But I'm well, fine with you throwing. If you throw a, a axe and it comes back to you, where it's a God of War yeah. game. If you throw an axe <laughs> and it comes back to you, it's
1: God of War or Mjolnir's your hatchet. But the. <laughs> The thing with the, the shield, like, okay, so you take one, right, and you kind of swing your arm out wide, and it goes and just, like, downs a guy type of thing, but it doesn't kill him. The only way you should be able to retrieve said shield is to run over and have to take an animation of, of picking it up. And in that time, if you want to run over with your other shield and beat the shit out of the guy that you just knocked, totally fine with that. You mm-hmm. just take the edge of the shield and ram it into his skull or neck or whatever and then take the time to pick up the other shield and go, I'm doing this again, and do it that way, totally fine with that. But at the same time, like if you try to take on the big guy from the trailer with two shields, he should roast you.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, There's settlements. Quote, customize your settlement by building upgradable structures, unlock new features, and quests by constructing a barracks, a blacksmith, a tattoo parlor, and much more. End quote. All right, so in... The- in the settlement thing. I don't hate the
1: concept as it states there. That doesn't bother me because it's simple. It's hey, you have your one large settlement. You're basically building your town that you're trying to that whenever you came over from Norway, you're building your you're making you're making your stamp on the land or whatever you want to call it. Sure. Build upgradable structures. Cool, because I'm assuming you'll probably try to have it sacked by the the English. So you want to build up walls and fortifications and stuff like that. Makes sense. Put archers on those walls and all those things. All make sense. Logical things. Uh, unlock new features and quests. Okay, that's fine. Because as you upgrade buildings, especially like by constructing a barracks, I assume you probably have to put somebody in charge of those barracks who will then give you a recruit quest. And you'll hate doing it because it'll stop you from the story of the campaign. Then... A blacksmith makes sense. Okay, blacksmith, cool. I have a place to forge weapons that I don't have to, I hope don't have to go run around in every single town to find whatever vendor is selling that item that day, which sounds like a nightmare in a game that isn't an MMO. And even MMOs don't do that to my knowledge anymore. A tattoo parlor. All right, cool. You give me a barbershop. All right, that that's fine. And much more. Much more is the part that scares me, because as you pointed out, which one of you is Preston Garvey? (laughs) It honestly scares me, because if I come back and I hear Viking Preston Garvey, Oi, brother, we need a settlement needs your help. It's being ransacked and blah, blah, blah. And I show up and they're like,
3: I don't have a bed to sleep in
1: and there's no power here. And I need farm animals to provide for them. I'm like, you're a Viking. Go do it. (laughs) <laughs> if I if I took it over the first time, type of thing, where it's like, hey, this became a settlement, and just just the act of like going to a place and taking it over means that that becomes a like money funnel into your place, where it's like, hey, now that you took over this settlement, it will just provide fifty gold an hour back to your town, and you never have to go there again. I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. but if I have to keep going there because they can't handle their own shit. I'm going to lose my mind.
2: One of the things that I read in a different place is that um, they wanted the settlements to be there uh, specifically to make you go back to areas of the map. No, 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 no. They didn't want it to be like, I don't need to go back. You sons of bitches.
1: I love you all. I don't need to go back there.
2: They didn't want it to be like previous Assassin's Creed games where you go through a region.
1: Oh, where they were Finish
2: the region and then move on to another region and never have to go back.
1: No, that means they were good. That means I completed the region. I saved those people and I will see you later. If you can't fend for yourself after I saved you the first
2: time, I'm not coming back the second time. I'm not here to babysit you. So the game will also include, uh, outside of settlements, hunting, drinking games, flighting, which apparently is traditional Norse rap battles and longboats. Okay. I'm fine with
1: everything. Norse rap battles just sound funny to me. I don't know what that means, but I'm oh, all right, sure. Cool, you're adding mini games. That's fine. Don't care. I don't care that much as long as what's gonna Here's what's gonna happen. You're going to be forced to do all of those once. At least where they're like, "Hey, you want to hear how this mechanic works? Do this." "Hey, you want to hear how this mechanic works?" do that and it's just like I just mm, I really okay fine and then they're going to give me the worst thing in the game but they're going to love it because everybody else apparently loves it and I'm the only one that hates it they're going to give me boats and
2: I don't want to sail you got that you got that highway you got to take your Ferrari out on that highway
1: no I don't I will let somebody I will let one of the NPCs drive that Ferrari and I'll run alongside it see you where we're going I'm going to go ride a horse and kill things I hate boats in games that there don't need to be boats. I'll be real. Sea of thieves. Fine. Because of the title and the game sea of thieves. This is not Assassin's Creed black flag where it still made sense. And I didn't like it that much then, but it has now been so rammed down my throat that I
2: abhor it. It is terrible. I'll be really surprised if they find a way, make a way, to make the longboats be used constantly. Because I can't, ma- <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine a situation where you're in England and you need to be constantly on your longboat.
1: I want the situation where I get to choose my settlement and I choose a landlocked area, not near a damn river. Because I want nothing to do with those things. I want the cinematic where I left Norway, showed up in England, and I went, it or long boat," and I never touch it again.
2: Uh, and last, uh, gameplay footage will be shown next week, which um, perhaps it'll be at the Inside Xbox event. That's what I'm assuming. I assume
1: it'll look good. It's uh, supposed to be a launch title for PS5 and Xbox Series X, so they're, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm blanking on why that was not called that, but it is. Um that'll be on everything else too, so I I'm intrigued, even though I I'm so scared now. I'm so scared because of what Odyssey did to me and stuff like that. It I don't I don't I've already ranted enough. But in in closing, mm-hmm. Black Flag. I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed it at the time, kind of, but only to an extent. I was burned on sailing after that. Origins only had to sail a little bit. Like the the stuff going to the Cleopatra stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. In terms of like the big ocean battles. Like, yeah, you could sail like on the little boats. Like, hey, get across the lake really fast. That's fine. I don't mind that. Just I'm going to hop here to there. But I never had to do other than the Cleopatra moment, which I was still just like, Oh, I don't like this where they put it into the big like battle sequences when they're like, Hey, what if we did more in Odyssey? I cannot stand it. It actually, I stopped. I didn't finish Odyssey. I stopped playing the game based on not just the sailing, a lot of other factors, But, oh, if that wasn't, like, 60% of the problem. The other thing that I'm I'm worried about, and I... hmm. Going through some comments about the trailer and other things that have been said and stuff like that. People are like, oh, my God, I loved Odyssey. It was my favorite one and these things. I love Black Flag and this stuff. And I'm just like, it... Don't call it Assassin's Creed anymore because we're so... depth away from what you originally started with you need to do it because you need the name on it so people buy it and recognize it but you could easily just not call these games assassin creed games and it'd be fine then there was another comment that and i'm also in the minority i think at this point or at least the camp that (laughs) some people like i loved odyssey and i love black flag and i'm like i don't know what's wrong with you but okay matt's on the other side of this argument so it's it's
2: yeah, I actually like the boats.
1: Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that's just how him and I are. But we somebody said something along the lines of like, well, you can't have the same the same game for the last 15 years. I and I think they're harking back to the original Assassin's Creed style and blah, blah blah. And I'm like, "Well, guess what, bitch? You're about to because this is this is technically what 4 years I think for this one to become a origins and this then or origins odyssey this five years maybe so it's like you're it's not stopping you're only just in the beginning when you haven't realized that it's the same thing over and over again and i i don't dislike that as a as a true like overarching thing like they're good games i just hate very clear mechanics in them that's i just i'd hate them The other thing that I am slightly worried about, and this goes to a conversation we had earlier, where a lot of people were like, I want to let Kojima go full Kojima and go crazy. And then we got Death Stranding. Everybody went, what the hell is happening? And we're like, you let Kojima out of his box. There's nobody to rein him in anymore and be like, this doesn't make sense. Just, Ubisoft's out of their box now. There is no like, hey, let's keep Assassin's Creed like neat and tidy. It is now, hey, Let's open this bitch up and just put everything in it. And it scares me because it's only going to get, they're just going to keep trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm just like, no, if they just tidied everything up and put it in a nice little thing with a bow on top, I'd probably be all for it. But Odyssey had that problem of like, Hey, let's tell you the story about Alexios and, um, uh, who did i play as cassandra cassandra like i want to say alexa and i was like that's not right <laughs> cassandra like okay two characters storyline that stuff hey do you want to waste your time on this island doing eighteen thousand quests that you need to do because you need to level up but also mean nothing no actually no i don't believe it or not no i don't want to waste my time here Oh, but you need to because you're not strong enough to go fight the next thing. So like pick up that pot and move it over there for that guy. And I'm like, no, I am a badass warrior. <laughs> no. So I don't, there's just a lot of things where I wish they would scale back to an extent and just keep everything neat and tidy and present just a, a really solid punch. And instead, they're hitting you with a flurry of punches and hoping one lands. And it, I don't know it just doesn't I'm still going to want to get it I'm still going to be excited to play it Not No, nah, nah. excited to play it well I'm I wouldn't gonna, say that that
2: I mean I still might gonna, change I'm still
1: going to get it I'm not excited to play it I'm excited for the idea of, of Vikings and, and Norse and stuff like that that the lore and setting excite me but knowing that I I think we agree they're doubling down on Odyssey things doesn't make me excited for the reasons that I disliked Odyssey and the potential fallout for with the settlements that is mm, (laughs) Viking Preston Garvey is going to be terrible. And I guarantee, uh, do I want to guarantee it? I guarantee there is a Kratos reference, even though it's the wrong mythology. I bet somewhere there is a town where you see a large man and a small child. And all you hear is boy. I think they'll have an ax in game. They they could have the ax. They could have yeah, just something called like the Leviathan, and then just leave it at that. They could definitely have either that or one of like the, either a rare mob or because remember how you could go down and like get Poseidon's trident and stuff like that for an odd. There could just be a moment like that where it's like you go get the Leviathan axe, but you have to fight Kratos for it type of thing. So they could do something along those lines, and I can definitely see it. It would be a cool little like nod, but it's nothing that I'm. That's not gonna make or break a game for me.
2: All right, well, we'll probably talk about it more next week after we watch gameplay of it. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more because it won't, unless they really break things down.
1: You know, there might not be much more to say about it. Faux shizzle. Faux shizzle indeed. Let's talk some deals. Where I want you to press that link, Matthew. But if you have PlayStation Plus for the month of May, you're going to get City Skylines and Farming Simulator 19. You want to build a city? You want to build a farm? Do both. PlayStation Plus. You're welcome. You're welcome for the ad read. <laughs> uh, Xbox Games with Gold. You get V Rally Four available from May 1st to the 31st on Xbox One. Warhammer Forty Thousand Inquisitor Martyr available May 16th to June 15th on Xbox One. <laughs> you get the Sensible World of Soccer available May 1st to the 15th on Xbox One and 360 and Overlord 2 available May 16th to the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. If you have Twitch Prime, remember if you have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime and Twitch Prime games for May are Avici Invector, Fractured Minds, Pencapu, Urban Trial Playground, The Little Acre and Snake Pass. And then Matt has the Humble Choice games,
2: or at least the two highlighted ones, for the month of May. The two highlighted Humble Choice games are Jurassic World Evolution plus Dinosaur Pack. So, hey, you want to do Jurassic World things and create dinosaurs and kill people.
1: Not really. You're supposed to keep them in the cages. I forget. Jurassic World is supposed to be like Zoot Tycoon for
2: dinosaurs. And the other is XCOM 2 plus the Resistance Warrior Pack. Do you want to hate your life as you have a 99% hit chance on a
1: shotgun from one square away and miss XCOM 2? <laughs> so, yeah, that's all I got for gaming stuff. That's it. That's it for the gaming. You want to wrap up? We'll we'll do our quick little wrap up here because I don't think it'll be that long for us. Uh, but it has been seven days since I have last seen your face and you have last heard our voices.
2: Probably. What have you been up to? Uh, The use. So, you know, just keeping up with the anime. Uh, Tower of Gods seems to be the one. Tower of God. Tower of God seems to be the one that's the big one this this season for anime. Um, Other than that, it's been... uh, I've been playing Dead War. Lots of Dead War. Lots of Dead War. For no reason. Other than, you know, killing time. Getting those platinum skins. I mean... You've played more than I have now. I have three, four, five, five, six. Six platinum skins now, I think. Oh. Two, four. I think I have six. Maybe five. I don't two, know. Two of each weapon type? Rifle, secondary, and, and pistol? Or, I think I have five because I have two pistol, two secondary, and one rifle. Okay. And then... Uh, I watched my lovely wife play Portal, which was uh, somewhat painful. She's not a gamer, so that was something. Watching the puzzles happen just was infuriating. Yeah, and that's it. That's all I got.
1: All right. I mean, my week was simple. Tis but a simple week for me. Animal Crossing, World of Warcraft, MLB The Show, and we killed Hitler. Hitler yeah we killed zombie Hitler. We shot his tank. We shot a lot of mini Hitlers. It's kind of easy at the end there. Yeah,
2: I I feel like if we turn it up, it's not. <laughs> no, there's like it's weird because there's some parts that I struggled with, and then there were and then it was just easy.
1: Yeah, and I think what was our challenge on that to finish it in 15 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and it's definitely doable. But we were also we were hunting collectibles, so we spent way more time in like the sewers and stuff. But it was. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. For our first our like we both own trilogy but we never played any of them. Mm-hmm. But for our first finishing of a uh Sniper Elite zombie game. Yeah, like, it was good. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. Probably 8 oh, 12. 10. Probably 11 hours. Ballpark. Probably eh, it might be more than that, but it we were usually like an hour and a half for a a mission. Yeah. A cha- four chapter mission mm-hmm. it was usually like an hour and a half for us. There was there were a couple spots in that end night or the night before our last one where we were in that courtyard with Panzer snipers and everybody else. That uh, I think you got down by getting smacked by two chainsaw guys or something, and it was a or not chainsaw guys, two Buzzsaw guys. Yeah,
2: butchers. I don't know.
1: There was Butcher butchers sounds like the right name. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones with the like uh, cement saw. The one that was annoying is we had to reset on the one level, because some some zombie somewhere glitched. Yeah, and we Bug. didn't know where it was. But yeah, we reset and finished it, and that's that's off the list. And I mean, that's really all it's been. Been still just you know reading, and doing stuff, and watching stuff, and to, it's been a been a simple week. Yeah, that's it. I can't complain about a simple week, but hey, you know, we uh, let us know. Uh, reach out on. Oh, sorry. Reach out on uh, on the Twitter at Gamers underscore two, I think. Reach out on there uh, in the description of this podcast. There's a link. Let us know if there's anything you guys want to hear about. If there's anything you want opinions on. If we sound better because we switched mics this time. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of ways to get in contact and we would love, love to hear from you, but until then, we'll see you guys in seven days.
0: Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.